0: We have been in this series called Fit, and we talk about being fit or healthy, basically, with uh, different, uh, different different things. We talk about being fit in our relationship with God, being, having a healthy relationship with God. We've talked about being healthy uh, in our rela- just with ourselves, in terms of having some self-awareness and so forth, which sometimes is a rare commodity. Um, and then we talk about being, being fit or healthy in, in relationship with others. That was last week. And then this week, it, it's families. And, and it's a little different with families. Than others, we could put those two together. I just want to talk about families, and uh, just take a few minutes to do that uh, this morning, Um, because you know there is this whole thing. What's a healthy family? You know, and somebody says, "Well, a healthy family, you know, does this and or does this or doesn't do this," and they give different things that they can that they can do or not do, and and obviously, you know, we really can't can't put that kind of an action necessarily on what's healthy and what's not healthy, because whatever it is, there's always somebody who violates that. I mean, somebody says, well, you know, divorce isn't good. It's not good. Anybody that's been through that or been through that with somebody else know that it's just a tough time. So someone would say, well, you can't be healthy, uh, have a healthy family if, if, you've been, uh, if you've been divorced. And of course, we know that's not true because we know people who've come through it. Uh, and we also know some people who never had a divorce and are a long way from being fit or healthy. So you can't really put that kind of a, um, you know, template on that whole thing of, of what's fit and what's healthy. So here's what I want to do, um, and, and and this is the thing I'm going to talk about. I want to begin in the area of marriage and just take a little, just take a couple minutes after that and, and take it just a little bit further, because I ran across this quote. From um, from, Pericle- uh, from Pericles, four hundred ish BC, or I think it's BCE now. Is that correct? BCE, is that right? Yeah. Oh, why, why do they do that? I mean, you know, what's the deal? It's 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 BC. It's AD. Come on, I taught I taught that in first grade. Uh, how does how does it get how does it, anyway, anyway? um Pericles, great uh, philosopher uh, from Athens. Now, many people believe the father of the whole democracy of Athens and so forth. Look what he said, when you leave behind, excuse me, what you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, watch this, but what is woven into the lives of others. That's a mouthful. What what you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but is woven in the lives of others. Some of you who were here last week know this, and it was a very difficult Sunday for me last Sunday because I lost, I just learned of the loss of a good friend, um, Jack Kemp, and had been in our church in Vale when we were there for about 18 years, and had been uh, close friends with uh, he and Joanne for about 15 years, and so and I talked about that a lot. And, and, and I, this, this quote, when you think about that, one of the things, we went to the funeral Thursday, um, funeral, and it, was, it was just, I want my I call it funeral and festivities. We had the funeral at National Cathedral on uh, Friday at 2 and then went back to their church, Fourth Presbyterian Church in Bethesda, had a reception there, which was just terrific. And NFL Films had done a whole 15-minute uh, uh, film on Jack's football, political career, and his family. And then, and then we went, and then we had something yesterday morning at Jack and Joanne's house with some friends, just the family and a few friends. And then uh, last yesterday afternoon and evening, we had something at uh, his daughter and her family's house out in Middleburg, Virginia, which is just outside of DC. Just a great time. But here's the thing that came out of that this whole time: it was, you know, it's what a funeral should be. It was inspiring, and it really was inspiring. But here's the thing that came out of that. Jack wanted to make it very clear in his, in his last few days of life. He said, I want to make sure people understand that my legacy is not my NFL career. My legacy is not whatever I did in Congress or as a secretary of HEW under Bush or, or running for president or vice president. My legacy is my family. And that kept being repeated over and over and over again at, 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 the, uh, at the National uh, Cathedral. He had his grandkids read scripture. He got 17 of them. He didn't have all of them read Scripture, but he had several of his grandkids read Scripture. He had uh, all of his kids, all four of them, uh, just did a a brief eulogy, which was, you know, it was just wonderful. One of those times where you just either either crying or laughing, one or the other. There's no in between. So, anyway. I thought about this, I thought about that when I thought about this, what is woven into the lives of others, and if I could put a comment on, on a Pericles here, it would be in the lives of your family. That's, that's your legacy, really is. That's the most important thing, because I've, I've, had, I've had that all screwed up before. I thought, oh, my legacy is going to be this church, or that church, or, you know, my ministry, or, or this, you know, these messages, or, or, or the book that I haven't written yet. Um, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be my legacy. Um, it's your family, people. It's your family and that's why that needs that's why that needs to be taken care of with with loving tender care so i want to take you to the bible and show you what the bible teaches about the family and how it can really honor god it's not going to take long but it comes from the book of ephesians chapter five and all i want to tell you about this the theme basically is this the family that honors one another honors god the family that honors one another honors God. Watch this. We're going to begin in chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 21, with a very. This is the key verse to the whole passage, I believe. Watch this. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Here we go. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband, is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body the church as the church submits to Christ so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Not a great verse. <laughs> Just a great verse. <laughs> There have been so many battles, theologically and in homes, over this verse. And what does that mean? And you better submit to me, it, little, little, just a little, little bit, just a little thing from yesterday. And I want to be respectful because of Jack, who I dearly love, and just a great family man. But he and Joanne, who is she's going to be canonized someday because she is truly a saint, been married fifty years. Last uh, last summer, and um, and. And we were talking about some Jack stories yesterday morning at their house with friends. And, and one of his good friends and business partners, Bill Bennett, former uh, Secretary of Education. And I was sitting with him, talking with him. And he, we were talking about some, some Jack stories. And one of the things he talked about, he says, I'll never forget sitting right out here. And we, the pool's right behind their house. Here, and he was sitting right out there with Jack, watching the kids in the pool. And uh, we were having just a drink. And uh, Jack's ran out. And he just kind of went like this. And Joanne came and filled it up. And and he was like, "Are you kidding me?" And, and and he looked he looked at Elaine, his wife, and she says, "Don't even think about it." honey. don't even think about it. <laughs> that was their, That worked for Jack and Joanne. I'm not saying that's what this that that's the biblical uh, thing for the for you know you got to work this out. Okay, so was that submission one of the most uncomfortable moments? Or seriously, one of the most uncomfortable moments I've had as a pastor and in this church came in this in this facility, church, whatever, opera house. I was standing about right here. Uh, officiating a wedding of a couple. This has been enough years now that I can talk about it, and you won't know who I'm talking about, very many of you. And, and the, the, I knew the bride very well. She'd been a part of the church. Um, and I knew, the groom I was beginning to know, and just a neat guy, really a, kind of a missionary type. His father was in missions, a ministry type, uh, guy. And so he said, Do You mind my dad gives us a little charge before, you know, before the vows? And I was like, No, that's fine. I, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm pretty low key. You know, my rule for weddings is whatever the bride wants, she gets, everybody else gets shut down. So that's kind of my rule. So anyway, um, you, you probably need to know that, okay? I'm marrying them here. Sir. Um, anyway, um, so he stood over here and gave the charge, which was supposed to be 10 minutes. Twenty-five minutes later, I'm not exaggerating, 25 minutes later at least, I'm sitting here because he's over here saying, well, now you know, and he mentions the, 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 the young lady's name, and he says, you know you're to submit to him and you're to give him his every, and then he paused, I, I'm not, I promise you, this is the word that he used, you're to give him his every whim, and I'm sitting here, I'm standing here thinking, oh crap, how am I going to get out of this, <laughs> what, what am I, I, I going to do, you know, how, how am I going to salvage this thing, you know, because you're just, you know, just going crazy, and so I just, as soon, you know, as soon as it was over, I just got got through the vows and, and out of it as soon as possible, and then I, I went to her, and I And I said, I said, did you hear everything your now father-in-law just said? And how are you with that? And she says, she kind of looks sheepish. She says, Rich, I got to tell you, I didn't hear a thing he said. (laughs) (laughs) She's getting married, baby. (laughs) Not paying attention to him. All that fret for nothing on my part. Is that what we're talking about here? You know, is that what we're talking about here? we talked about wives, submit to your husbands and everything. You know what? Keep reading, and we're going to answer the question for you. Verse 25, husbands, this means love your wives just, ooh, this is tough right here, just as Christ loved the church. Wow. We're going to come back to that. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies, for a man who loves his wife actually loves himself, it shows love for himself. So again I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. I want to take you back to the first century. I'll take you back a hundred years ago. Just a hundred years ago. What would it be like if somebody came to a man and says to the man and they got this relationship going on? And we're talking chauvinism on steroids, right? You know, and and, and and what would it be like if somebody comes to the man and says, you love that woman like Christ loved the church. Well, let me think about that for a minute. How did Christ love the church? Well, he gave his life for us. We're the church. You're sitting, oh, man. The wife thinks she's got it tough. The Bible tells me as a husband, love her like Christ loved the church. Christians. Meaning, are you willing to just give it up all? Give it all up for her? And, and so what does that mean? Does that mean that that's what the husband is to do and the wife is to submit? Listen, nowhere here does it say, for instance, does it say here, hey, listen, uh, uh, wives, love your husbands. Does it say that? Of course it doesn't say that. We just read through it. No, it doesn't say that. So does that mean a wife doesn't have to love her husband? Of course not. She's to love her husband. This is, this is a mutual relationship of giving and of honoring and of having reverence for one another. That's the home that God's going to bless. Does that mean that the wife has to submit? Yeah, it does. Does that mean the husband has to, has to love? Yeah, it does. Does that mean the wife has to love? Yeah, it does. Does that mean sometimes the husband submits? Absolutely. Because I go back to the first verse, verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's the key there. You can't miss that. That's the issue. We are to show honor and love and mutual respect for one another. I'm telling tell you, that's the kind of home that's going to please God, and that's the kind of home that's going to fulfill people. That's the kind of home is going to live a legacy with kids that is going to, that's going to be just phenomenal. And we're all going to work that out among ourselves how that works, whether that means you go you know fill up his glass or you fill up her glass or whatever. I told that story. I'm not going to tell you who, but I told a story in the early service, and somebody who sings here pretty regularly um, says to me, "You know when we got when me and Daniel, I mean when we when we got married." <laughs> She, uh, I saw, she says, he was, he was on the couch, and he had a stomachache. And he said, hey, go get me something else to drink. And she was like, you got a stomachache. Go get it yourself. And she said, I wanted to set that right there, okay? Goes, anyway, I thought that was pretty funny and so true for so many of us. You don't have to tell her I told you that story, though. Um, listen, we, we work this out among ourselves, how this looks as a husband and wife, with what we're comfortable with. But let me just show you. I mean, he, later on, he talks to children. Talks to fathers, how we're supposed to live, how, how, how that all is going to work. But it all stems from that husband-wife relationship. Let me, um, let me just skip to this one, kind of the quote of the, quote of the week for me. It comes from Brian Dyson, CEO of the Coca-Cola Enterprises from 1959 to 1994. I just want to skip ahead to that. And um, this is powerful stuff. Imagine life as a game in which you are juggling five balls in the air. You name them work, family, health, friends, and spirit. And you're keeping all of these in the air. You will soon understand that work is a rubber ball. If you drop it, it will bounce back. But the other four balls, family, health, friends, and spirit, are made of glass. If you drop one of these, they will be irrevocably scuffed, marked, nicked, damaged. And even shattered. They will never be the same. You must understand that and strive for balance in your life. Is that true? I mean, I, I don't want to, there's no question that we can take some actions that will impact our life and in fam, our family in ways that may have long term consequences. But is it true that they are, in his words, irrevocably scuffed, marked, nicked, damaged, and even shattered? They'll never be the same? That's the difference when Jesus is in a person's life, when we understand what it means to truly, to truly submit to one another out of reverence for, for, for God. Because here's the thing. Christ came to give us a second chance. Actually, another person's word, He is the God of second chances, plural. And He is. And He provides us with that unconditional love that that unlimited forgiveness supernatural grace he gives that to each of us and then gives us the ability to plug into that in our relationship with him so that we can live it before each other but he's the key he's the key don't miss that all of our marriages in some ways are going to look a little bit different than the other One's not better than another. That's for us to figure out. But here's the one common thread, and that is the family that honors one another honors God. And the only way we can honor one another with that kind of love, that kind of forgiveness, and that kind of grace is what we get in a connection with God through Christ. We love because He first loved us. Let's just pray about that. God, it is so true We love because you first loved us. Help us to dwell on that. Help us to pray about that. Help us to think about that. And help us to practice it. I pray for each family here, each husband, each wife. We thank you for each mom. We thank you that they're here and that they are such great examples of true sacrifice. We pray for your blessing upon them. Pray to be a great day for each one here. But we thank you for the love that you give us that we can then display to others. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.